Welcome to episode 30 of the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I am Josh Anderson. We are already up to episode 30. I can't believe it. I didn't think I was going to make it to 30 episodes, but uh, here I am. And in this episode, we will talk about round 15 of 17 of Monster Energy Supercross. After this, we only have two rounds left of the series it's been moving on after the three rounds in one city they just wrapped it up at atlanta uh this was the longest racetrack that i have ever seen i think that's ever been done it's longer than daytona laps were around the one minute and 40 range i know i spent a lot of my earlier podcasts complaining about lap times in the 42 to 45 second range well you know what i'm not ever going to complain about one minute and 40 second lap times Uh, not ever i saw a tweet from Cade clayson that they want to go back to uh, multiple riders want to go back to normal style tracks well for the last two events they will get that wish at salt lake city The only thing about that were the lap times were pretty short at Salt Lake City. Uh, If our memory serves me correctly, I do not believe that the track was going to go outside the stadium, even though I kind of believe that maybe they should to lengthen the lap times just a little bit. I don't think you can tweak those track maps. That, That won't be a problem. Either way... Uh, I think all three tracks were a little bit different. The first day was rainy, so you got a little bit of mud there. Uh, Tuesday, you went the opposite direction, and then you switched the direction uh, on Saturday. And then obviously, it was in dry conditions. Uh, They changed up the whoops this past Saturday. Or, uh, well, yeah, this past Saturday. So... Like I said, track conditions were completely different. If they did this on, um, I think you can do this style of track at different speedways. But for Feld, it's just going to be a scenario if they can draw enough fans. Obviously, the atmosphere, you're going to you're going to hear different style of podcasting if if this atmosphere is going to last. You know, it's it's going to be about mostly overhead. Uh, you know, renting stadiums. You know, I, I bet you renting this style of stadium is going to be a lot cheaper than renting the stadium in downtown Atlanta because if you listen to Pulp or uh, Jason Thomas's podcasting, you realistically hear that renting Atlanta Stadium is probably the most expensive stadium to rent. And obviously, if you if you actually read articles on this, like. They they make all their um, they make all their money on renting of the stadium because they uh, they have fountain pop and they have really cheap food, so they elected to make their money differently, which is all cool and fun. But they have to make their money somehow, and renting out the stadium is how they do, d- decided to rent out. So either way, I, I felt this weekend was extremely successful. Especially, uh, I saw a tweet out there that the TV ratings were about 600,000 viewers on Tuesday. 
Uh, I don't know what they normally do on a Tuesday night, but when you realistically look at what they're doing on a typical Saturday night, that was bigger than their Saturday night audiences. So for a TV viewing standpoint, that's got to be good for Supercross. Uh, But obviously, you know, teams aren't, this isn't like a NASCAR team. You have to view Supercross. See, Supercross is just so differently because the OEMs are looking at sales. They don't. They're not privately funded. They're not getting TV money. Feld is getting the TV money, so it's just this. The Supercross is just so differently from any other sport out there. That, I mean, maybe hopefully in the future that this is where you know if you listen to Steve Mathis's podcast, Pulp MX Show, you know. You kind of hear about him going on rants about the purse money, which I do agree with him on a non-pandemic year that the purse money needs to go up. And, you know, I listen, you know, I see the NHRA. I kind of go in a lot of different, uh, you know, retrospects with them as well, where their purse monies hasn't really gone up either. And I kind of look at them and I'm like, like a champion there only wins $500,000, which it, it's kind of like I look at me and like, you know, $500,000 is a lot of money. But, you know, that hasn't gone up at all. And I kind of think that needs to go up. So if the NHRA and uh, Supercross in the future when the post-pandemic happens, uh, both you guys kind of need to r- raise your rates for the riders and drivers. So get on that. Uh, either way, oh, that also goes for MX Sports too. But then I kind of heard in the last podcast that the tracks are the ones who pay the purses for the riders, and I felt that's insane. But the outdoors nationals is kind of weird too because uh, the Daytona Sports Group is actually owns the whole entire series, and MX Sports runs it. So. It's it's kind of weird how that all that all operation kind of works there. So I don't know how I don't know who makes money there, how much money they actually make. So well, ugh, it's just really convoluted how we how we actually really really get there. So all right to the race, um, Cooper Webb. Uh, what else to say there? Uh, he got out to a second place start. Um, the one thing. The one thing Cooper Webb has improved on since his 250 days and his even his early Yamaha days in the 450 class is his starts. And that's something that maybe you can think of his current KTM days has helped him. If you look at um, uh, Jeffrey Herlings in the MXGP or Jorge Prado, they realistically dominate the class in the MXGP in terms of starts. And then if you look at Ryan Dungey here in America, if you look at Marvin Muskan pre-injury, uh, they've been very, very solid in the starting aspect. So, and, and like I said, ever since Cooper Webb has gotten on the KTM, he has improved the starts. And uh, all of these Atlanta races, his starts have been solid. And that's contributed to even though he hasn't raced real well his starts have saved him and it's maintained and the reason why he was able to 
when Roxon made his made his mistake, it's why he was able to find that burst of energy. You know, he made comments on the podium that he won't, you know, shark in the water, and he felt he needed to get his ass in gear. Well, you know what? He he is the one rider in the class that can do that. You know, I tweeted out that you know at the beginning beginning of the season, everyone's saying this field is deep. This field is deep. Well, you know, this field is deep, but it's kind of soft. And uh, this field has been kind of this way for such a long time. You know, you have Eli Tomac that is, you know, kind of a mental head case. And he's kind of that way this season. And he's kind of toned it down a bit. Now, I don't know if it's finally because he's finally won the championship or, you know, maybe that's or he's, you know, he's kind of had the kid. But when you realistically look at the class, Ryan Dungey kind of took over the class from 2015, 16, 17. And, it, you know, Tomac was maybe figuring it out, but he finally lost it in um, in New York. So, or was it, uh, yeah, I think it was in New York. So when he, when he lost it there, he, you know, maybe Dungey should have came back in 18, you know, and he could have been the Ryan Dungey show in 18 and 19. Because, you know, when Cooper Webb finally started to take over, you know, that alpha dog is here to stay because no, none of the other riders are kind of that alpha mentality. Maybe Chase Sexton can be that way. I, I don't know because, you know, Chase kind of has a little bit of flair to him. He, he, he kind of just ha- he, ha- he does have that flair. You know, but he is his rookie year, so he does have the uh, crashing uh, vulnerability that a lot of rookies do. But for Cooper Webb, you know, he, he you know we've seen in the uh, 250 days, especially when he was going up against uh, 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 Tyler Bowers, uh, he's not afraid to get a little bit rough in there. So when he saw the blood in the water like a shark, he uh, he realistically lowered his lap times and. I, you know, let's talk about uh, Kenny Roxon, who got second. He, uh, you know, I thought he was gone. He, he was out ahead by about 12 to 14 seconds, and I thought he was going to get the points lead to at least 10 seconds. Or, sorry, 10 seconds, 10 points. But he went down in the whoops and made a mistake. And, you know, if, if I have a hard time believing it was just a bent bar. I, I don't know. I I understand that back, you know, in 2017 when he realistically damaged his arm and he has a hard time with that mentally wanting to hurt himself again. But this is his one chance. This is the closest chance outside last year of winning his Supercross championship. And he has one year left on his contract. I'm just like, you, you, you only have so many chances on winning a championship. And I understand that maybe not getting aggressive is not his forte, but for God's sakes, get aggressive. This is the one chance that you do it. But when Webb was getting up there, he he's, he took such a wide turn that I'm just, everyone that is a Supercross fan is just like, this is over. Do something. And it was like, you could see what he was maybe trying to do was trying to cut up the inside, but when Cooper cut that off, it was like it was over, it was done. So it it was just like, let's get. I tweeted out, 
all right, let's go for Lucas Oil Pro Motocross because this this is over. The last two rounds are pretty much mute at this point, or moot at this point. So Cooper Webb gets the points lead back up to 16, two rounds to go. Just needs to be conservative, not make mistakes, and uh, not get hurt. And he's on to his uh, second Monster Energy Supercross Championship. He will... Uh, match the recent champions of James Stewart and Chad Reed. Uh, that's pretty notable there. He got his 18th victory. Uh, that ties him. Uh, it's getting up there. Uh, it's going to be interesting when you view him all time, especially with his tenacity, but I think he's got to start getting... He's got to win a couple of more, especially back-to-back, -back before we start comparing him two other type of riders. I still have uh, Chad Reed and James Stewart above him, obviously, but uh, he's, still getting, he's starting to get up there and wins in championships. Uh, it's just, for Roxon, it's just another disappointing year, and you, there's, there's no sickness this year. Uh, it's just, he's getting mentally beat, and it's, it's honestly just disappointing. It, it's, uh, I don't know what to do with him. Uh, 2016, just beaten by Dungey. Uh, 2017, mistake, and then everything else you can blame on the injury. Uh, this year, he again, he was just beat by a better guy. And it's just, you know, throughout his career, a lot of talent. But uh, when looking at him, he could go down. He's could be surplant. He could surplant uh, Kevin Windham as probably the most talented rider to not win a championship he's he's getting close to that level and um you know and it's just it's getting it's getting scary and uh, you know he's got to come out outdoors you know the only thing that's going to come close to even a rebuttal is is outdoors i i think he he does have a shot but it depends upon how well he can hold up in outdoors and uh how well he does in the second so uh, we'll see how well the outdoors goes. So uh, good for Cooper Webb getting the victory. I'm not the biggest Cooper Webb fan, but uh, good for him. Uh, Eli Tomek uh, got third. Uh, pretty much after next week, he'll be out of the mathematical championship. Uh, he, he not the you know, he sixth place start was able to move up to third. Showed good speed. I, I thought um, after getting by Plessinger, I thought he was going to be able to uh, pass Webb. He was able to, uh, he was run, running faster than Webb a lot of the race, except uh, towards the end, Webb was able to finally get an extra gear. And, you know, Webb was able to pass Roxon. But um, that's kind of what's happening a, a lot of races where Tomac will get up to about f uh, fourth or third and stay there. Uh, especially the last couple races where he'll get up to Webb and then he'll just kind of sit there and stay there. I, I don't know what, what's that about because he'll be riding a faster pace than Webb or Barsha a lot of the race, but he just can't find the ability to pass them. And that's cost him a lot of points. And that's kind of why he's kind of faltered this year in the points chase. You know, I kind of spoke about not having the it factor and and in the last few races, it's kind of not even having the it factor. It's just kind of not even having the ability to pass guys. And uh, 
I don't know what's going on when he gets up to Webb or Barsha. So uh, outdoors, he, I don't know, um, it's been reported by Mathis that uh, he signed a new two-year deal. Uh, waiting to hear, read anything about that, if that's true or not. If it is, I, I mean, I thought he was going to be done, but uh, if he's going to sign a new two-year deal, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what that means for, for Forkner. If uh, for Austin Forkner, I, I'm going to assume that Forkner will come back for a 250 deal for 2022, uh, for 250 West or East, and then um, that means uh, Forkner. I'm going to assume that will mean a, th- mean a three-man team for 2023, and then so 2023 will be uh, Tomac's last year. But um, for, regardless to that, I expect maybe Tomac to have a better year next year, but we'll see. Uh, but uh, good for Tomac coming back for a couple more years. We'll just have to see if he uh, has any more left in the tank. I'm just I'm just kind of surprised he's coming back. I don't know. Uh, Plessinger, another great race for him. He got the whole shot. Obviously, uh, Roxon had a little bit more pace than him. Uh, uh, Roxon going for the championship, but uh, Plessinger starts. Uh, obviously, the Yamaha, uh, Star Yamaha is making a lot more improvements with that bike. Uh, Plessinger is going to have to make, and uh, it'll be interesting listening to other podcasts to see if Plessinger will. Um, make the move to KTM or if he's going to stay with the Yamaha bike but obviously since we're seeing the um, agree are seeing the improvements with the uh, star Yamaha bike um, it is uh, it is actually um, it is actually pretty cool to see him do so well with that um, it is actually just cool to see him do so well at speed that I honestly didn't think he was actually ever going to show. Uh, I watched him at Melville dominate. You know, that 2016 year, you know, he was doing some things that other riders, 2016, sorry, 2018 year, uh, he was doing some things that other riders weren't doing. He definitely earned that Supercross championship. Outdoors, I don't think he was going to win that championship just because J Mart was looked dominant and then also Zach Osborne looked great as well. But you know what? He stayed healthy that entire year. He looked the best rider who stayed healthy. So he did earn that. But other than that, he's looking really, really good. I expect him. He does have a chance to win the last couple of races. You know, and I was, he does actually have a chance to win an overall this year in an outdoor motocross. And it doesn't even have to be muddy at all. Um, it, it depends on if he can get a start. The Star Yamaha bike does look good. We'll just have to see if he can stay on the bike and healthy. And one thing about Plessinger is, is that he stayed healthy all year. That's one, something that he has been unable to do his entire 450 career, and he's been do, able to do it. So good for him, and uh, we'll see. Uh, Justin Barsha got fifth, another top five. He's pretty much supplanted his way to uh, top four in points, just like he did last year. But this year's fourth place in points is much better than last year. Obviously, Salt Lake did not go well. Uh, obviously, he didn't have much controversy in this fourth place. Or sorry, uh, this fifth place in, uh, result. Uh, obviously, Tuesday, they had a little contact with Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb went down. Justin Barsha, this place. Um, 
he didn't have a lot for Tomac after Tomac passed him, and um, it didn't have much for Plessinger. It was kind of a distant fifth, this ride, but still a top-five finish. He's got to be happy with that. Uh, it's go, going be healthy for outdoors, be ready for outdoors. Um, being on the gas gas, going into outdoors, should be a very interesting place for just, uh, Justin Barsha. Uh, Malcolm Stewart, sixth. He had an impressive, impressive heat race, especially when he was passing Eli Tomac going into the whoops. Uh, it was heat race, Mookie, as uh, Wygant would say. Uh, that was that was extremely impressive. Uh, Dylan Ferrandez, seventh. Uh, he, I, I don't know what he was doing. Um, he he got the whole shot in the uh, in the qualifier. Or in the heat race, I should should say. But in the um, in the main event, he took out Jason Anderson, which obviously Jason probably was pissed. Jason, you know, Jason has been flying um, wherever he's been going, but uh, Dylan has not had a good year. I, I'm sorry, it's kind of been he's. Dylan's probably going to get Rookie of the Year because they do it based off points. But honestly, I, I feel it's, it should be Chase because Chase got multiple second places. Chase Sexton showed more speed than Dylan Ferrandez. But uh, Dylan finished seventh here. This is probably his best result since the second place. But uh, Dylan took out uh, Jason Anderson at the start. So which that resulted in uh, Dylan going down too. Um, it, it's just been a difficult season for Dylan. He actually went down last week. I didn't see it until he, he posted it on uh, Instagram. And then he's also not really working with DV that much. I kind of wonder if that's uh, that's kind of affecting him. I don't know how outdoors is going to go for, for Dylan. He, he hasn't gotten injured at all. So that's something that he's got to be very fortunate of. But the one thing he has to worry about going into 2022 again is going to be his starts. And that's something that has plagued him throughout his entire career. And that has what has left him to being in eighth place. And almost he could be close to 200 points down towards the end of the year. It's, it's, it's going to be a rough, rough way to go into 2022, almost 200 points down of first place. Uh, Dean Wilson, eighth place. That's good for Dean. Obviously, first Atlanta didn't go well, but ending Atlanta in eighth place is good to go. I don't know where he's going to go in, in 2022. It's uh, We'll have to see. Obviously, he um, Rockstar may pull back some funding, or they might be there. But... Uh, we don't know where Jason Anderson is necessarily going to go on the team. And uh, Dino has had a solid year. He's 11th in points. That's probably where he's going to finish. And uh, we'll have to see where he's going to go in 2022. He might be privateering it again. But there might be some secondary teams where he, he might be able to go. Uh, Marvin Muskan got ninth. Uh, it's a disappointing year. You have to say uh, Marvin's ninth in points is probably outside of not racing. This is going to be the lowest po uh, point of, uh, of where Marvin has finished in points, uh, probably since his rookie year. Very disappointing for Marvin. Has to be disappointing in the season, just crashing, uh, just um, not 
he hasn't any good in starts. You know, Marvin's always been noted to be a very good starter, and don't know what's that. I don't know where that's gone. Um, Cooper Webb's gotten good starts, but uh, Marvin has just kind of been uh, riddled with disaster after disaster. Uh, Chase Sexton uh, won his heat race, but uh, main event. Uh, don't know what happened there. He uh, finally. Uh, Earth came crawling down to him. He, uh, after two second places, 10th here. Obviously, you know, you're not going to get second place every main event. So uh, he's crawled up to 13th in points. He uh, has a chance, a small chance. Uh, well, he's going to get at least up to 12th place in points. That's it's gonna uh, if Dean doesn't make another main event, he does have a long shot to maybe eleventh, but that's only if Dean doesn't make a main. But there's a lot, a lot of guys not uh, there's a lot of guys not uh, a lot of top tier guys not there anymore. So he's probably going to make the main. Um, uh, Joey Savacci eleventh. That's pretty much where he's been the last few races. Martin Davalos twelfth. Brock Tickle thirteenth. Uh, Jason Anderson was penalized in the race because he got taken down by uh, Dylan Ferrandez. He cut the track again after he got up, so the AMA penalized him again. He's got to learn to stop that. Tyler Bowers made another main event, so he got 15th. Uh, Max Anstey made another main event. He's been pretty much a mainstay since he started making mains. Good for him. Uh, Josh Hill came off the... uh, Old Couch, make another main event. He got 17th. Uh, Alex Ray, after the controversy with uh, Jason Anderson on Tuesday, he got 18th. Uh, Brandon Hartraft got 19th. Uh, Kate Clayson, who got last place in the LCQ, which was very, very lucky to get in, got 20th. The Seven Deuce Deuce got 21st, his first main event after coming back from injury. And uh, Benny Bloss, who I, it's been a rough year for Benny. I, um, injury after injury after injury. Uh, it's I don't know if he's going to be back with that team. Twenty second. Uh, so the points lead was Cooper Webb by sixteenth over Ken Roxon, and then Eli Tomac, Justin Barsha, Aaron Plussinger, Jason Anderson, Malcolm Stewart, Dylan Ferrandez. Marvin Muscan and Joey Savacci is in 10th place. That should pretty much be your top 10. There's, they're kind of pretty much stamped in there. The only ch- change that's going to be is Marvin and Joey Savacci may flip-flop. They're real, pretty much 9th and 10th. They're kind of the only changing point unless there is a, um, ah, a little bit, unless there's a DNF there. Uh, 250 class, um, Nate Thrasher. How about Nate Thrasher from LCQ to another win? I, I realistically did not see that coming again. Obviously, starting out from the outside and starting out by all privateers might help, but uh, he showed more speed than Justin Cooper. Now, you don't know if uh, Justin Cooper, you know, was kind of... Just holding steady because he uh, didn't have his top competition up there. But either way, Justin Cooper made a mistake. Nate Thrasher went by and uh, won his second main event of his career. 
And it's looking like uh, Nate Thrasher is going to be a title contender for the 2022 season. Uh, obviously, Star Yamaha is going to have a pretty good riders going into next year. And Nate Thrasher is going to have pretty much a, a head-on start from, like I said, on the Nathan Romanos, the Jet Reynolds, the Chance Hymases. And he's got to be happy about that. Uh, you know, he looks like a good kid. I was, I was kind of quite, you know, when I was watching him at Loretta's, he had some speed, made some mistakes, and some people were kind of questioning why Yamaha was doing this and why, you know, maybe some shady business going on the side. And maybe the pressure was getting at him at the start of the year because he wasn't, um, wasn't doing much. But you know what? He's winning now. And a lot of those whispers are kind of quieting down. Uh, Justin Cooper, second place. I, you know, this year, you know, this is the one thing, you know, last year or last on Tuesday's podcast, I was extremely harsh on Justin Cooper because obviously there was no tact in his uh, post game, post race um, on the podium. So, uh, when he, they went to Mar, uh, I'll get to McAdoo here in a little bit, but when McAdoo, um, was interviewed for not racing well, uh, he was interviewed. He didn't talk about the March Spain tag out, which like I said, I'll get to those stuff here in a little bit. But, uh, when they interviewed McAdoo, McAdoo was professional. He didn't talk about it. You know, he was emotional, but he was professional. If, if Justin Cooper would learn how to just somehow... I, now, he may not be able to... He may never be able to communicate effectively like that. He may not have it within himself. But if anybody within the Yamaha, Star Yamaha, or if any of the companies he works with, any of the brand managers, any of the brand associate managers are able to just show what Cameron McAdoo did and basically be like Justin Cooper, do that, then maybe people like me who typically don't like Justin Cooper and be like, you know what, we'll lay off of him because maybe he can recognize or even maybe just have the intelligence to identify when to make a salty comment or not make a salty comment, or identify when he can make a snooty comment, because that was last Tuesday was not the opportune time to make a comment like that, because McAdoo was the hero of the event. Now, on Saturday, or last Saturday, he was not the hero of the event. He was the villain of the event. So he kind of, you know, you could have made a comment to that. So, either way, um, Cooper just needs to be able to identify when to make the correct comment. Because, as I said on on Tuesday, or I think I did the podcast on Tuesday or Wednesday, um, you just have to be able to have some tact on when you can make certain comments. Because, comments. Because when you... When, when you have a tough, you look, you, you're going to be annoyed when AC goes off the track, doesn't jump the signs, and comes right back. You know, yes, you get flustered when you're in the middle of a race, you go down. Yes, you get flustered. 
yes, you get blamed for the Jeremy Martin broken back. Yes, you get flustered in that situation. Yes, you have a social media kerfuffle with um, Jet Lawrence. You just need to take a step back, take a deep breath, and learn to be smarter than what you, you know, have your girlfriend help you, have your team help you. Just do something to be able to help you because, you know, if you want to make more money in life, and the thing is, some of the stuff may not be, you know, it may not be that important to you, but you have certain situations that you have a, a situation like Dylan Ferrandez. Dylan Ferrandez is not very popular, and some of it's due to racism in, in terms of him being French. And I say racism because obviously he's, he's maybe like nationalism, I should say. Nationalism because he, he's, he's French. And typically, obviously, you know, motocross fans tend to have a disdain for the French riders. So when the incident happened with Christian Craig, you know, Yamaha pulled all of, you know, Dylan Ferrandez's dealership signings and all of that. And, you know, the thing is Justin Cooper has to recognize when if an incident like that were to happen with a popular rider as Christian Craig or Jet Lawrence, you know, your marketability is gone. And do you do you really want your your marketability gone completely? And you know, obviously you're going to win titles and stuff like that. But there's more to a team than just winning titles and everything. You you need to be marketable now. You need to have a social media presence. The the, the times of just being Eli Tomac are kind of over at this point because you know. Every team has, even in, in professional sports, needs you to be associated with at least their team in some high regard because they all have, NFL has the um, making sure that you're doing the right things, saying the right things. And, um, I'm having a brain fart on the um, player's expectations policy. Regardless to that, um, just saying Justin Cooper, just – have some help on making sure when you're giving a good press conference, ha- somehow making sure you're giving the good vibes and not making the, the salty comments. Uh, now, let's get to Cameron McAdoo. Cameron McAdoo. Uh, obviously, you could see that he was sore. He had the uh, practice crash. I, I don't know what happened. He got off balance, and then he uh, torpedoed himself, landed. Obviously, the bike went sideways. You could tell he was sore. Um he was in in the heat race he was uh racing and having a hard time with uh, i love jerry robin but uh, mcadoo is faster than jerry robin and enzo lopes and then in the main event um he uh i was having a funny argument with my wife here but you know and i was trying to you know defend mcadoo but a little bit but you know it was pretty dumb to even even attempt this but McAdoo probably should have maybe gone, you know, tried to stop. I understand maybe he, he, he maybe he was trying to dip back in, but he lost traction. Maybe he should have just gone off course a little bit. You know, he may have, would have been last place, but because he went down, he 
injured Chris Blows pretty bad. I understand Blows is pissed off. And he has every right to be. You know, McAdoo maybe was 100% healthy. And he was just, I don't know. Maybe at some point, maybe McAdoo should have just taken a step back. You know, a couple of guys on Twitter posted that he wasn't maybe mentally there. Maybe he should have not even been racing. Excuse me, that that was even questionable there. Maybe he shouldn't have been. So that was that's another you know, kind of extremely, you know, it was just disappointing to see Chris Blows hurt there. It's good to see that hopefully he kind of posted on uh, Instagram that his other crash in uh, Arizona was worse. I guess he has a couple of broken thumbs and everything. But with that said, uh, it was just, it went there. Then he uh, had the incident with um, with uh, Hunter Lawrence, where some of it was uh, Hunter. Wrong place, wrong time. Obviously, uh, McAdoo was having a hard time being on the bike, and then Hunter Lawrence was kind of veered off track onto the bales, uh, or top blocks, I should say. That was kind of a that could happen. It was you know Hunter posted that maybe McAdoo shouldn't have been riding. That's kind of a yeah. A lot of that was kind of a wrong place, wrong time where Hunter was kind of forced off track, so that could happen to any rider there I mean McAdoo maybe could have sensed him there but I, that's just giving McAdoo way too much credit so that was so that was uh uh four or five by that time we're five riders in then there were the whoops uh I don't know that's you know when you listen to RC and the TV you know he was maybe trying to obviously handmaker Made some mistakes there, you know, and he was always committed, trying to get out of the way. Maybe McAdoo could have done something a little bit different. That's that's always questionable there too. But there's just so many instances of McAdoo getting involved in so many different things, and then then you had the big one of Marchbanks and uh, on the McAdoo one. I don't know. I think if McAdoo was that sore and that should not have been, I don't know. At some point, you, you kind of wonder if McAdoo should have just been out, uh, especially when you think about concussion. You know, Jason Thomas on Tuesday made the point of why didn't they switch out helmets? Maybe they should have done the whole concussion protocol. This week after his crash, you can tell he wasn't 100% racing. So at some point, maybe somebody should have pulled the plug. And I understand the championship is important, but other riders' safety is concerned. So maybe in the future we could possibly look at rider safety on that one. Uh, look, Garrett Marchbanks, getting to you. What the fuck are you doing? I think he posted on Instagram that he wasn't doing it on purpose. He saw an opening. I, I don't believe that fucking shit at all. I, I think he was doing it intentionally. I, I He was talking about how uh, uh, McAdoo was erratic. To begin with, I, I don't I don't believe that for a second. If we go back to the earlier rounds in the West Coast series, he he was uh, taken out Hammaker, and then now he's taken out McAdoo, uh, and then you have the team owner making comments that uh, Mac or uh, Marchbanks signed a new deal. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't honestly believe at all that he wasn't doing it in general on purpose. Uh, he was doing it on purpose, I should say. Um, he's mad that 
he isn't on pro circuit anymore. And he was, he took, like I said, he took it out of Hammaker earlier in the season for no reason. And now he was taking on McAdoo when McAdoo was trying to fight for a championship. You cannot tell me with a straight face that he wasn't doing that. And I fully believe that March Banks should be suspended for the final race of the year. And the fact of the matter is he should be. He, uh, the evidence is there. He was doing it at the earlier part of the season, and he was doing it the last part of the season. And I know the AMA is not going to do it because that's just not what the uh, their standard practice is. But I fully believe they should do it, and um, the team should get a fine too. That's just how I fully believe in that one. It's just it's it's dangerous tactics, and it kind of proves that Mitch Payton chose the right guys. Uh, Handmaker has uh, chances to win races in the future, and you know McAdoo looks like a good dude. So, even though he does um, made some head scratching decisions on the track the last couple races, but you know at least he he tried the race and tried to win a championship and not tried to take people out. Now McAdoo made dumb decisions on the track, but he's not intentionally trying to take people out like March Banks. All right, back to race results. Uh, Seth Hemmaker, uh, third place. Good for him. He, uh, has a four point lead on fourth place in points. That's, um, with, uh, the East West showdown left. He's, uh, trying to go for fourth place in points. He's got to bleach, uh, beat Jalik Scholl Swole for that. Uh, Hunter Lawrence had a battle his way up to, uh, fourth place in points. If he didn't do that, there was a chance that uh, Justin Cooper might have won the championship. Obviously, that did not happen. Uh, Hunter Lawrence has an outside chance to win if anything would happen to Justin Cooper on the last uh, race of the season. With that said, uh, Hunter Lawrence, good ride from you. Kyle Peters had a heck of a race to get fifth. Peters is going to Peters. Uh, Jalik Swole. A uh, solid race from him. Just got beat by a veteran racer. He got sixth. Enzo Lopes qualified 20th of the race, but you know what? He finished seventh. Good for him. Mitchell Harrison got eighth. Dylan Swartz. I should have picked him in fantasy, but his qualifying time scared me. But you know what? Ninth. Good for him. Ana Suzuki. Uh, he, uh, you know, he looked. He uh, when he was at Loretta's, he had speed. He won a couple of motos, but his starts are what were what were plaguing plaguing him. But you know what? Getting ninth here on a deep field in this West Coast class, good for him. Uh, Cody Shock tenth place, solid top tens for Cody Shock and the Michael Lindsay Lin, Lindsay team. That's all you can ask for. Uh, Derek Kelly eleventh place, good for him. Even though when he crashed in a whoops, got back up, got eleventh. Uh, Cedric Subaross, 12th place, good for him. Uh, McAdoo, 13th. Pierce Brown, got cut up, crashes, 14th. Jarrett Fry, still struggling, 15th. Alves, 16th. Sean Crench, Sean Cantrell, who didn't make the main last week, or sorry, on Tuesday, crashing, got 17th. Uh, March Banks, who took out McAdoo, 18th. Uh, Jerry Robin, who made his Third straight main, 19th. Uh, Jace Owen, 20th. Styles Robinson, start out the year, obviously, with the podium, almost win at Daytona. 
it's kind of gone sideways with injuries and everything. So we'll see what happens going forward for him. Obviously, with budget cuts coming going into 2022, we'll see what happens. He got 21st, and then Chris Bolos with the injury got 22nd. So obviously, that was the rest regular. Oh, sorry, that was the last regular season race for the um, West series. So they they will be at the East West Showdown at round 17 in two weeks. Um, Cooper Webb, sorry, Cooper Webb. I'm sorry, Justin Cooper has a 20-point lead over Hunter Lawrence, and then Hunter Lawrence has a two-point lead over Cooper, sorry, Cameron McAdoo, and then that's Seth Hamaker, Jalik Swole, Nate Thrasher, Garrett Marchbanks, Kyle Peters, Cody Shock, and then Mitchell Harrison will be 10th place. So next week, the 250 East class comes back for their last regular season race, then they will have a showdown, and then that will be it for the Monster Energy Supercross Series, and then the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series will be coming out. My next prod- podcast will be the uh, NHRA second race of the season. It will be the four wide four wide series, and then a four wide race, I should say. And then I will do the, uh, I also do a little bit of a flat track commentary because I finally got to watch the two rounds there. And then I will do a Twins Season So Far podcast in there as well. Uh, Coming up, I will also do a Justice League Snyder Snyder Cut podcast. I'm about done with the Titans Season 1 2, so I will review that. It's been out for a while, but. Might as well get it done. And then on the 23rd, the Mortal Kombat movie will be coming out. So that should be interesting. And then on Friday, the final episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be out. So I will will review that series. So that is what i have on tap obviously i will review the final two races of the monster energy supercross series uh preview the lucas oil pro motocross series and then also the nfl draft is coming up so maybe i will do a podcast previewing that one last time and obviously the nfl news is also coming out um the nfl mini cap or the uh, voluntary mini camp started today a lot of teams didn't or a lot of players didn't show saw today that the texans had a lot of players kind of come about so about like 40 of the 67 came so anyway uh thank you everyone for listening to this podcast i appreciate your time see ya